night that was. The Savior appears, and the angels declare joy to the world. What a great opportunity we have this time of year to remember that, that God sent His Son, and that's really what we celebrate. I invite you to be seated this morning, just to share a couple of thoughts from Luke chapter 2 on what that coming meant. Because we sing the lyrics of that song, Joy to the world, the Savior has come. But yet we know there's many in this world, in the greater Lafayette area, that aren't living in joy. The angels declare peace on earth, but we live in a world that's really not at peace. And if I talk with college students and, and co-workers, I talk with uh, people in our neighborhood, servers at restaurants that we go to, you look at their lives and there's so many that really aren't living with that joy. So how could that joy have been promised 2,000 years ago, but yet we still find many in this world have yet to experience it? And so we want to look at that scripture in terms of the implication it has for us in the lives that we live. And how do we experience the joy and peace that, that is promised in these verses? And where do you find yourselves this morning? Is your life without joy? Maybe it's void of peace? I don't know where you find yourselves today, but what I want to do is examine a a piece of scripture that tells us how we can experience the joy and peace that these angels declare that we sang about this morning. And I already read from this passage as we did the Christmas reading this morning, where angels show up into the fields where these shepherds are watching their flocks. And in Luke chapter 2, here's what these angels declare. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. And then a whole host of angels declare, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So that's the declaration that's given. So what could the angels have meant by that? What did they mean that joy is for everyone, that joy has come? What did the angels mean with peace on earth? And what we find in that passage is they meant three very important things. And the first is this, that Jesus changes the lives of ordinary people. Jesus changes the lives of ordinary people. When you think about the majesty of the angels, the heavenly encountering these ordinary shepherds, there's no more average Joe in the first century than shepherds. And these angels show up and they make this declaration to these ordinary shepherds and these shepherds' lives are never the same. Here's what we find in verse 15, what happens to the shepherds. And it says, when the angels had returned to heaven... The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they go into Bethlehem and what happens? They see Jesus. They meet the son of God and they leave from that place glorifying and praising God. It says, as they went back to their fields, their lives were never the same. Jesus changes the lives of ordinary people. But not only that, Jesus changes lives by bringing joy. Jesus changes lives by bringing joy. That's what the angels declare. They say that joy has come and it's come for everyone. Why? Because it's followed up with this statement that a savior has arrived. You know, in the day of social media and Facebook, you know, people blow up social media with the birth of a child, like the whole world knows that a child was born, right? A little bit different back 2,000 years ago. But the angels, the heavenlies declare that God has showed up. He's entered into a time and space and the world has never been the same. So what does it mean a savior came? A savior is a deliverer. The savior came to set people free. That's what he wants to do in the lives of everyone in this room, everyone in the greater Lafayette area. That's his heart for the world. That's what God wanted to do through his son, Jesus. God changes lives by bringing joy. But God also changes lives by bringing peace. The angels, this host of the heavenlies, they declare, 
peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So Jesus came and he brought peace. Shelly and I, before we came here, were living in Israel and it was fun to talk with Israelis who knew Hebrew and I'd ask them, what does peace mean? You know, because that's where that word comes from. It's coming from the Hebrew word shalom. And so when I asked them what shalom meant, their best definition was wholeness, that Jesus came to bring wholeness to people's lives. That's what he came to do. And so we caught up with one of our church families, Steve and Stephanie Kerwig, and we asked them, how is it that Jesus has changed your lives? So let's listen as we hear them explain that. Divorce was not ever my plan. Uh, I didn't hold on to a lot of my Christian values for a, for a long time, but the, the one was divorce. And it was just, you know, my parents have been married for like 56 years, I think. And, you know, I was still searching and I found, and Jesus found me, I think. I have a lot of what I call my steering wheel moments when I'm in the car and I'm hashing it out with God and I pound on my steering wheel, you know, and, and, and I was really wrestling with that God hates divorce and so therefore he must hate me. It was just a short time later that um, through, through this church that I grew up in um, that very much was against divorce and things like that, that a group of women, um, a huge group of women got together and, and they threw me a party, they threw me a love party and just supported me in, in the single mommedness that I'd found myself in and things and just poured out their love for me. But in that moment, what I saw was that God, that God loved me still, you know, and um, that, was a, that was a really neat moment. I think God has been transforming us. The more we get into the word and the more we understand it, where we were, I think there was just so much more that he's calling us to. We just felt like the word was ministering that to us and we couldn't find that where we were. I would say that to back up, like, so when we met and, and we had both just kind of went through this turmoil and so you kind of get on this real, you know, just almost a God high, you know, kind of thing and stuff and you're just on this mountaintop and you're like, nothing can shake us, you know, kind of thing. And just really living for the Lord and knowing and knowing that the Lord was the one carrying us through life, you know, more than anything, I think that was it. And then I graduated from school and I got a job and, and, and work started kind of getting in the way and then and then other things happened, Just some illnesses and things and, right. and money became a little bit more important and and then the next thing you know you're checking off your boxes and you're going to church and you're doing these things, you know, kind of thing and 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 Jesus most of the time <laughs> Yes. But you weren't we weren't living for relationship. Right. We were living for Life. for bills and 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 things and and stuff steve had started talking to me several months before about you need we need i feel like you need to quit your job and of course i'm like that doesn't make any sense at all and he says no i i really think the lord is saying that we need to quit your job and so i'm hashing that out and and the lord starts ministering that to me and and he finally said, do you really think I'm not big enough to handle this? 
And because I guess I was looking for another job and nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And I'm like, Lord, I thought you said. And he says, do you really think I'm not big enough to handle this? And we called a lifetime out. We called a lifetime out. And and we just changed everything. I quit my job and we, we put ended our up, focus back yes, on Christ. And it was Jesus first. And yeah. we knew that as long as we had Jesus first that everything else would fall into place. We had known for we'd known for a while that we needed to change churches. Even before all this had happened, we'd known for a while that, that we just I was we just we just needed to we needed a place to grow. And um and I finally looked at Steve and we were comfortable because we were comfortable and we did have good relationships. We weren't angry. We weren't mad. We weren't leaving for any of those issues, you know, and um, we were leaving for something more. Yes. And so I finally just said, we either need to be, we have to, we have to just make a decision. And he said, okay. And I had already known where we were going to start. This was the church we were going to start and we would visit there until I didn't think so. And, and I had this list of five churches that we were going to start at. And I said, next Sunday, next Sunday is when we're going. And, and Steve said, okay, we'll go. And we weren't going to take the boys because they were involved in a youth group and things and stuff. Cause, and we didn't know where we would end up. And, um, Three days before Sunday came, um, something prompted me. I, I looked on the internet and I actually just typed in the word Bethel and the old Bethel church came up and that kind of connected me to Connection Point and I read what um, what the vision was for that and, and, and the belief system and, and Steve got home from work and I said, you need to read this. <laughs> and he says, that's where we need to go. And so... Um, we told the boys, we made that decision that that's where we were going to start. And we um, we told the boys that what we were doing, they asked a few questions about why and things. And we tried our best to explain it. And, and they said, well, of course we're going with you. We want to go with you. And so they came too. And, and the first Sunday was every question, <laughs> every question, every question, was question we had every was answered that first Sunday. Spoken tongues. <laughs> we have interpretation. It was all I there. Mean, everything was there. They had Three, just started um, offering yeah. communion, communion on a weekly on basis, a weekly which basis. happened to be kind of important to the churches that we grew up in. Yeah. And um, so all those things were there, and we were like, <laughs> on the first Sunday. Okay. And it was a great message. <laughs> I was just like, this is home. I mean, you walk in the place, and you just, you just feel it. I mean, you just know God is there. I, I grew up not knowing you could have a personal relationship with Christ. And it's that personal relationship. It's that being just get in the word and and trust what you're reading. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just have this trust that what I'm reading is the truth. And I know it's the truth because I've, I've, I've lived it. It's just overwhelmingly love. Yeah. It is just, there is... And, and I wish people didn't have to learn the way that I did, but there is absolutely nothing. There's nothing that you can do to make, there's, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. God just loves you. He just loves you and he's going to keep loving you. And it doesn't matter what pit you're in, what, what you're going through. He, he just loves you and he wants the best for his children. He really wants the best for his children. And, and there's just, there's just no getting away from that. There really is no getting away from that.
Isn't it great to see always the testimonies of how God changes lives, very personally? Um, great to see how he's done in the lives of Steve and Stephanie and, and where God has them today. And that really is God's heart, that he changes lives. He truly wants to bring the joy and peace that was promised 2,000 years ago. He did that for these shepherds. He's done that for the Kerwick family as well. And so the question is, going back to the question I started with, well then, why is it that so many people in the world today don't know the joy and peace that was promised? And it has to do with the, the verse that we found in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. The angels declare, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. To those with whom God is pleased. So it's a conditional statement that peace and joy are found with those of whom God is pleased. And so then the question is, well, how is God pleased with me? How is God pleased with people? And when you look at scripture, it says that there can, there's no way to please God without faith. So faith is the requirement. Belief is what's required to experience the joy and the peace that only Jesus can bring. And here's some other verses that point to that. John 3, 19. And the judgment is based on this fact. This is Jesus talking here. He says, God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. So the challenge is, is our inclination isn't really toward God, it's toward evil. And so then there's this point of decision we have to make, and are we going to choose Jesus? And we find in John 1, 11 to 12, one of John, or Jesus' disciples named John, and he writes this. He, talking about Jesus, came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So Jesus says, you have this option. You can either reject me or accept me. And if you accept me, this is the promise. And then in John 14, 27, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and it's only to his disciples that he gives this promise. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So the promise we have from Jesus is that peace will come, but there is one thing required. The people who enjoy the peace of God that surpasses all understanding are those who in everything by prayer they let their requests made known to God. The key that unlocks the treasure chest of God's peace peace is faith in Jesus. So to have peace, we need faith in Jesus. Paul, a first century believer, I love how he combines these two things of joy and peace. Here's what he says in Romans 15, uh, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in what? In believing. So that's the message of Christmas. Joy and peace came. It entered into time and space 2,000 years ago, and it's for those who believe. So how does a person find real joy and genuine peace? How does someone experience wholeness, the meaning of peace? They come to a a place of believing in Jesus. Here's what the angels declare. I bring you good news of great joy, a joy that leads to peace, a peace for those who believe in Jesus. Jesus changes the lives of those who believe. You see, our hearts are restless until we find the peace that can only be found in being reconnected with our creator. We're born with a longing to be in wholehearted relationship with him. For you to find the joy and peace that only Jesus can bring, you must first say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I need you in my life. We all have to come to that recognition. It starts with understanding that no one is perfect. Every one of us falls short. Every one of us is born with an evil heart and only Jesus can change that. 
And it's important to understand that God can have nothing to do with evil. Our evil hearts separate us from him. So Jesus can't bring joy and peace if we're separate from God. But even though we're born with evil hearts, God sent his son Jesus to die for us. He gave up his life for us. That's what Christmas is really all about. Jesus bringing joy and peace by serving as a sacrifice for us. In God's word, God speaking to us, what it says here is that if we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Jesus is the son of God, that he was raised from the dead, then we can experience the joy and peace that only he can bring. So what could your life look like if it was filled with joy and peace? What could your homes look like? Your relationship with your spouse, your kids, your coworkers. You won't know until you come to a place of decision and truly following after Jesus and allowing him to enter into your life, bringing the joy and peace that was promised 2,000 years ago. I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. And as you're standing, you just want to ask a couple of questions. Maybe you're here this morning and you realize, I haven't really been living with joy and peace in my home and my life. And, and I see now that really that's because I've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to believe in him. But may this Christmas be like, unlike any other Christmas you've ever experienced. Because today you make that decision to say, I want joy and peace in my life. And I understand it comes by accepting Jesus as the son of God. So with every head bowed here in this room this morning, just want to give you that opportunity for a decision to say, I, I want to believe in Jesus as the son of God. I need that peace and joy that he has promised. So if that's you this morning, you'd say, I'm looking for that in my life and I want to follow Jesus, make that decision to have faith in him today. Simply raise your hand and we want to pray with you before we leave today. Anybody that would say, that's me. I want to make that decision to follow Jesus today. Simply raise your hand, we'll pray with you before we go. That you can leave from this place with the joy and peace that all of our hearts long for the belonging that can only be found in him. Anybody would say, that's me today. I want to follow God. Make a decision to follow Jesus today. Anybody up in the balcony? Well, let me pray. God, we just thank you that you sent your son 2,000 years ago and that the heavens declared his arrival with the promise of joy and peace as we believe in him. And so God, I pray that if there's those in this room that have questions about what that looks like, may they make that decision to follow you today. And God, for those that have been following you for a while, that have belief in you, but maybe they've wavered or maybe they've kind of really not put you at the center, I pray, Jesus, that this Christmas season you would come into their lives in whole new ways, that they'd experience you for everything that you are. Bring joy and peace today into their lives, in their homes, in their relationships. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Mark, if you don't mind to come to the front this morning, maybe a couple of the prayer team members, we're going to close in song. And as we do, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you'd say, you know what? I really would love information on what it looks like to follow Jesus. We'll give you your first Christmas present by way of a Bible to say, here's information on how you follow Jesus for a lifetime. And so if that's you, I just encourage you, come forward as we sing, meet with Pastor Mark, our youth pastor, one of the prayer team members, and they'll give you information on what it looks like to follow Jesus for a lifetime. Can we sing today? Let's close in song.